In the last few episodes, we're talking about the need to learn Torah despite wealth, poverty, or other Nisoyenes. Last week, we spoke about the particular Nisoyen of Ashiris. This week, I'd like to discuss a story that relates to poverty. Welcome to another episode of En Yaakov, Beyond the Story. In Masachas Nedorim, Memtesamud base, the Gemara tells us about Rabbi Yehuda, and as uh, Rashi tells us in Beitza, anytime it says just Rabbi Yehuda, it means Rabbi Yehuda Bariloi. And it describes how poor Rabbi Yehuda Bariloi was. He was so poor that he didn't have an appropriate garment to wear outside. In other words, Chachamim didn't walk out just wearing uh, pants and, and a shirt. There was always a, a robe, a, a cloak, a, a coat, some kind of a kaftan, another outer layer that, that was worn when leaving the house. And he didn't have one. Neither him nor his wife had such a garment. So the Gemara tells us that the wife of Rabbi Yudah went out and she bought some wool. And she made a very nice cloak. When she would go out to the market, she would cover herself with it, she would wear it. When Rabbi Yehuda would go to Daven, he would wear it. Now just to put uh, this into, of course you could have a question, how could a man wear a woman's garment or vice versa is uh, not allowed. So how could he wear his wife coat or she wears his coat? So the Masha explains that it actually, the garment was so simple um, that it wasn't defined as a man garment, a man coat, or a woman coat. It was something that was just very, very um, nondescript, so to speak, that it could have been worn by either a man or, or a woman. And therefore... Um, he was able to wear it and she was able to wear it. But this in itself is showing you again how poor they were. There wasn't enough to go to a tailor to get a coat. There wasn't enough even, so they had to make it themselves. She had to make it herself. But it wasn't enough for her to make two, one for him, one for her. All they had was enough to make one and they both shared. The fact that they shared means that they were never able to go out at the same time. If one was out, the other one was stuck at home. And nonetheless, the Gemara tells us, When he would put it on, he would make a special bracha. He would say, praise Hashem, who had spread and given me a coat. That's how... Um, 
thankful and excited he was about such a simple garment that he, that, that he had. The thing is that having uh, lacking something begashmius, we could say, okay, so he's lacking something begashmius. But you see from the next few lines that in fact lacking enough uh, means begashmius had a repercussion even on his Avedas Hashem. The story goes on that Zimna Chada Gaza Rabbashem Gamliel Ta'anisa. There was a time in which Rabbashem Gamliel had uh, decreed a fast, and the ta- the, the, the Marshal describes that when the Nasi, Rabbashem Gamliel was the Nasi, when the Nasi would declare a fast, all of the Chachamim would gather in his house, in the house of the Nasi. And they would all daven together. And because on that day, Rabbi Yudah's wife has gone to the market, he couldn't go to the, uh, to, to, to the house of, of the Nasi. Rabbi Yudah didn't go to the house of the fast, which means to the house of the Nasi where they made special prayers for the fast. So, of course, Abishan Gamliel inquires, where is Rabbi Dabariloi? As a matter of fact, the Gemara tells us that, uh, well, tells us in, 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 a, in a different place, uh, in Menaches, that Rabbi Dabariloi was appointed by the Caesar as the man in charge of the house of the Nasi. So, obviously, he had to be there, especially when there was some official. Uh, celebrations going on that he had to be there and especially the big schus of being part of the tefillah with the Nasi and yet he had to miss out simply because he didn't have it he didn't have a coat he didn't have a jacket to go with so Rabbi Shemar Gamliel inquires where is he? Amrulei loy isle kisuya he doesn't have a, a, a cover meaning he doesn't have a, a coat Shadarlei glima Rabbi Shem Gamliel sent with some shluchim uh, a suit for him, like a nice long jacket, and he didn't he didn't accept it. Right away, he shows the shluchim that came from the the, the house of Nasi. He dalets visa. He picks up um, the carpet. He tells the shliach of. Rabbi Shem Gamliel, look what there is here. Rashi tells us a nest happened and the, the place under the garment filled up with golden coins. So he says, look what I have here. I don't want to take a benefit of, uh, of this in Oilamaze. Abidabariloi showed that he had a lot of coins on there. Obviously, these coins were not there because uh, we'll explain in a second why. Like Rashi says, it was a miracle and the coins appeared. And the fact, the fact that the coins appeared was a ness. Some of Hashim are saying that Abidabariloi didn't want to be embarrassed. He was trying to say, you think I don't have... I don't want to accept the, the, 
the gift of the Nasi, you think I don't have. I have, I just don't want to benefit in Olamazer for what I have. The Rebbe is saying that the fact that Rashi is saying that there was no coins there beforehand um, is basically saying that there was no coins beforehand. That's a fact. The fact says that a ness happened and the place filled up with coins tells you that Rabbi Yudha Bariloi did not have the coins. For sure, that if he had that money, he would have gone and buy the bare necessity of getting himself a jacket so he could go out to shul anytime he needs to, even if his wife went to the market. Of course, there are some people who will uh, store the money in the bank and then themselves will live in a way of... Uh, of poverty, they would they would only uh, they would not buy the clothing that they need or even the food that they need. Um, but that's that, that's pretty much some type of illness. We're talking about a normal person here, not just a normal person. Rabbi Yehuda Bar if he had that money, for sure would have gone. And then he was sure that the Abisha was going to make a nest. He was so sure the Abisha was going to make him a nest, so he won't be embarrassed. That he picked up, picked up the, the picked up the carpet, and without even looking, told the shliach, "Look what I have here! I have plenty of money." So the question is, if that's the case, that he expected an ace, why did he put? Why did he pick up the, the the carpet to show where the coins were? This is not really the usual place where people keep the money under a carpet. If he expected a nest, he should have just put his hand in his pocket, whatever pocket he had of his pants, and say, look, I have plenty of money. Look, look at these coins. Or open up a, a box that he had in the house, even if he knew it was empty. He expected a miracle. Open up a box and say, look, I've got this old treasure full of coins. So Deva explains that Rabbi Yuda actually was giving a message. And the message wasn't just... Look, I have plenty of money. I don't need it. The message was, look what I think about money. Look where I think money belongs. Money belongs with the dust under the carpet. Not just on the ground, which usually things that are on the ground is because they have less chashivas. They are less important or valuable. Not only do I put it on the ground, but I even cover it. I'm not even trying to show it off to anybody. I don't even want to see it. I have absolutely no interest in it. And really, what he's saying is, that's where the money belongs. And this is really, so far, a hoira that we could learn just from that, without going any further. Of course, we will, but even if we stopped here, there would be enough of a message. Of course, we have necessities, we have basic needs that in order to fulfill these needs, we need to have money. And that money is valuable and is not being wasted, is being spent to, to really fulfill our basic needs. That I'll be tired of the things we need to do. But nonetheless, we have to give it the proper chashivas. Uh, we have to value it for what it is. We have to we cannot be completely drawn uh, and, and preoccupied by our assets. We have to realize that all of this is really secondary 
and he doesn't have chashivas, and the only real chashivas is like he's sitting and learning. That's what he was doing. Here the Ebe brought up and he says that there are people that, that by them is exactly the opposite. They need to show everybody their wealth. They have to have, then, then I guess in those years where the Ebbe said this Sikha, it was only Mem Gimel, it wasn't that uh, long ago, but he's saying that showing anybody who comes to your house that you have a carpet that goes wall to wall, and this carpet is important. It's a Persian carpet, because to you, such a hush of a guy like me, is a pasmir nisht, it doesn't befit me that I should have just a regular um, synthetic carpet or machine-made carpet. No, I have one that is handmade. And showing it, he, I cannot have what everybody else have. I have to have something different, something more exquisite. And that's how he's showing up his godless. Why is he doing this? Because he's trying to show that, yeah, I deserve this godless. I deserve all this money. Either because I'm so smart or because I'm such a tzaddik that the Ebishter gave me all of this. So the Ebishter says, if you just, this is just to fulfill your taiva, that's bad enough. But you don't have to show it to other people. Especially when another person who sees the way you're displaying your opulence in such a manner and it makes them feel inadequate. So this in itself is not necessary. You want to feel good about yourself by having all of this excessive spending? <laughs> Do what you want. But there is no need to show it off to other people. This is what Rabbi Yudah Barilai was saying. All these gold coins are under the carpet. I don't need to show it off. So I have no interest in it. And it's not something that I am going to, um, to, to uh, measure myself and my worth by showing you what, the wealth that I have. There is a, a, very interesting, um, a very interesting thought that the Rebbe brought up in a different uh, opportunity. The Gemara tells us, as I mentioned before, the Gemara says in Menachas, that the Caesar um, nominated Rabbi Dabariloi to be the one who's in charge of the Beis Nasi. So there is the Nasi, and yet, the, the, the one in charge of it, of the house of the Nasi, is somebody else, is Rabbi Dabariloi. In Maseches Shabbos, it tells us a story on how the Caesar appointed Rabbi Yehuda Bariloi to be the Rosh Medabrim Bechol Mokem. He was the first one to speak in any public gathering. Lichoira, this seems to be very strange. Because the Malchus, you know, a Caesar, an emperor, you would think that would value Dafke people who are richer. As a matter of fact, one of the reasons that they brought in the Gemara that the Nasi had to be rich, because sometimes the Nasi had to send uh, some bribe or some presents to, uh, to, to the Caesars, uh, to the governors and so on. So because these people, these people values wealthy, they valued wealthy people. So you would say that it's strange that the Caesar picked Rabbi Yudah Bariloi to nominate him as such, you know, official titles. 
But what was it done is because his Maile, Maile was that he was a Noisechem. He, his appearance, the way he dealt with people was in, in such a way in which he gained people favor. The fact that he was a seal of somebody, the, the archetype of someone who's not running after wealth, someone who's not looking for honors, someone who's just happy with what he has and focus on, on what is important, this is what made the greatest impression on the Caesar, and that is why he was appointed to be the Rosh Hashanah This is why he was appointed to be the Mariano de Vesanasi. And this is telling us something important, that whether or not we have the wealth is not what is going to make us valuable Definitely not, not even in the eyes of other people. It is our sincerity and our interest for what is right and valuing what is the Iker as such and giving the value of the Tofel as such. This is what is going to bring that great uh, impression on, on other people. By the way, just to finish, that there's something interesting. Abida Bariloi being so poor, and yet his tzion, um, his resting place, which has been identified with Arizal, his resting place has a tradition that going to Daven, there is a school of Rashiris. And I guess is that the fact that he knew um, and the experience Aeneas, so he could relate to the people, to the Anim who are going uh, to Davin by his resting place and asking uh, for Ashiris. Um, by the way, from the story they, they ever pointed out that even compared to other Anim, he was considered the Ani. Because other Anim, most of the Ani, most poor people, they each one have a, a coat to wear, for the, one for the husband, one for the wife. He was such an Ani that even compared to other Ani, he was very, very poor. And yet, as we mentioned, that didn't make him lose his focus. And uh, therefore, he still, what he requires of himself is one thing. But when people come to him and daven that, they should, should not be tested with the same test. So he davens on their behalf. And for them, he davens for the Ashiris. May the Abish give all of us Ashiris Begashmias, Ashiris Bedas, and the right wisdom to use them both for the right purpose. <laughs>